we created at Duper an experience called a waterfall event where uh, in four hours, you get to play four matches guaranteed. My biggest metric I look at is, did you know that MLP and Duper is releasing both an amateur and college tournament? Did you also know that they're testing out a tournament format that Steve calls waterfall events? Despite their stream numbers being 5x what they were last year, Steve thinks there's one major thing that's holding pickleball back. Stay put to hear more. Before we get started, I want to let you in on a discount code I can now start providing thanks to a sponsor called Volaire Pickleball, the brand founded by Ryan Cohen and Pro Julian Arnold. I just want to say thanks for your support. Use the code LIM20 at checkout to get your hands on one of their paddles. Hey, what's going on, Steve? Thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks, Brian. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, can you tell me a little about yourself and you're kind of an exception in this sense, but everything that you've, your, I guess your current projects, you have like MLP, you have Duper. Um, you could even talk a little bit about Ideal as well. Uh, anything you're currently working on? Uh, too many things. <laughs> Life is crazy. And this sport is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Uh, it is a, it's an absolute roller coaster. Every day there's something new and something exciting. Uh, I will say that yeah, by, by way of background, uh, when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was play board games. Like I would wake up in the morning. I wanted to play board games. Like, uh, going to school was like, yeah, yeah was a little bit of a torture cause I couldn't play board. I couldn't play board games all day. I, I woke up my poor brother, my, my brother's six years older than me. I'd, I'd wake him up at like five o'clock on Saturday, yeah, Saturday and Sunday mornings to, to play games. And, and what I also love to do is if a game was not interesting or challenging enough, I'd like to change the rules. It's like, how can we make this game a little bit more fun? How can we make it more interesting? Yeah, fa fast forward to pickleball, yeah, yeah, 40 something years later. And I, I see this amazing sport that I love, that I'm addicted to, that so many of my friends are, it has changed people's lives. Uh, and I entered it and said, yeah, first of all, with a lot of gratitude to everyone who helped build this sport. Yeah. You know, going all the way to back to Bainbridge Island, yeah, full of gratitude, full of gratitude to USA Pickleball and the hundreds and thousands of ambassadors that gave yeah, hours of their time to help build this sport up. And I'm just trying to do my part to make this sport even more fun, uh, bring it to more people, uh, get more people hooked because I think it, it brings joy to people's lives. So uh, that's a, a very, very quick, a quick background on me. I'm, uh, I consider myself, yeah, I consider myself a really good board game player. I recently met some friends who are like way better than me at board games, so I'm a little bit depressed about that. But in general, uh, I, I also, but I also think I, I, I like to make games more interesting and more fun, and that's what I'm trying to do with with pickleball. Yeah, that was gonna definitely be one of my later questions. Is like, where did this, I guess, like need to change a lot of like not even just pickleball, but even like the immigration and that whole. Uh, scene and with your background in finance, there's obviously a lot of things that you've done there too. Um, actually, first question: What is your favorite board game? Ah, uh, uh, my my current biggest board game addiction. It's not the most popular game. It's a game called Dominion. Uh, it's probably closest if you're if you are a geek to Magic the Gathering. It's kind of a, a, a what I think is a, is a better version of Magic the Gathering. No, don't, no Magic the Gathering haters, please. Uh, you know, uh, but I love Magic the Gathering too. But I think Dominion is a, a slightly better gameplay version of that. Uh, and I'm 
I am reasonably addicted to it. It's probably like a half hour to an hour a day addiction for me, playing it online. Uh, I try to keep it no, no more than that, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that's my struggle. So I, I love it. To me, it's an amazing combination of like poker and chess. It, it, is, it is a really, really deeply interesting strategy game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, board games are addicting. Have you ever played Seven Wonders Architects? Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I love it. I love some. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's my like current obsession. Um, my brothers and I were very into Magic the Gathering when we were younger. And it's cool to see that now it's like coming back. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I obviously did a little bit of research, but you have one of the most decorated resumes and backgrounds in the industry. I mean, you went to Harvard and I think you studied like game theory and econ and you worked for Citadel, which is highly regarded hedge fund. And you're a board member, you're an investor and you're a founder to many organizations. Was there something within maybe your childhood or maybe an influence from your life that spurred this? Yeah, I, I just think I, I don't know why, but I've just naturally been competitive. I love sports. I love games. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah, we watch sports with my brother and my dad. And some of those are, yeah, played sports with them. Some of those are like my, my best memories, my favorite memories in life. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I view so many challenges in life as if, if I can reframe it as a game, I, I get better at it. <laughs> so uh, when I worked on, on Wall Street, I, I was a um, partner at a hedge fund. And uh, part of what you do at a hedge fund is, is try to obviously make money for your investors but you also have to raise money. You have to go out and, uh, and I didn't like doing that. I didn't like going and doing marketing pitches. I really hated it at first. And then in my mind, I kind of reframed it as a game. Like how can we think about this as a, as an interesting game and challenge. And then I, then I actually started to enjoy it. Uh, so I, I always try to, if I can reframe any challenge I have as a game, uh, that I, that I usually enjoy it more and do better. I'm trying to do that with my weight right now. I got to lose some more pounds. So I'm, I'm going to gamify that for myself. <laughs> I'm working on it. It's getting better. It's better than it was. It's still bad. I still got to lose some more weight. Don't get me wrong, but I'm I'm off, I'm I'm, uh, I'm off the lows. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's awesome. I mean, weight and health is it's a very difficult journey. I've been on that journey for a long time myself. So um, yeah, we can obviously dive into that uh, later. I'm major in nutrition, dietetics, always been uh, very interested and fascinated by all that. So I listened to one of your previous interviews where you've talked about a format of four matches, the scoring system for uh, obviously like duper and um, just matches in general and improving the tournament experience. Is a lot of this coming from yourself? Is it uh, team members? Uh, I think it'd be very interesting to hear for founders um, how to generate ideas. So for me, ideas on like how to make the amateur pickleball tournament experience better come from simply playing in tournaments. And uh, I tell people that people who are running pickleball tournaments almost universally are trying their best. They're trying to create a great event. Uh, They care about the sport. They care. They're they're mostly doing it for people that they know and they're friends with. Everybody's got, everybody's heart's in the right place for sure. I don't, I don't doubt that. That being said, I hate with a passion. (laughs) <laughs> the double elimination format for, for pickleball tournaments. I, I think it is, it leads to a lot of disappointment and a lot of bad feelings. So let's just walk out the math on that. 
on a double elimination tournament, literally one quarter of the teams only play two matches and they're done. Another quarter play three matches and they're done. So half the teams either play two or three and they're probably, it's probably not a great experience for them. And if, if you have an experience where half your customers are probably unhappy, you need to rethink about what that experience is. <laughs> the other thing is you show up at 8 a.m. for a pickleball tournament, you might be done at 9.30 and you might be there till 6 p.m. And you really can't know. And you know, obviously you're playing with, you know, generally playing with a partner. You're, you've made a commitment to them. And now you have to lock up your whole day because you just don't know the reality of, of what it's going to be. And I, I, I looked at that and said that that's not, and it's not a great experience. So we, we created at Duper an experience called a waterfall event where uh, in four hours, you get to play four matches guaranteed. Uh, even if you go lose, 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 you're going to play the other team that goes lose, lose, lose. And you're going to get four matches. You're going to have fun. Uh, if, you go, if, if you win a bunch of matches, you can win all four. You can have some prize money. You can, you can win some prizes, some medals. But everybody gets to have a good experience of playing four matches with, with their partner that's over in four hours. They know if you show up at 8 a.m., you know you're done at noon. By the way, if you're a total junkie and you need more pickleball, four matches isn't enough for you, we'll start another one at noon. And you can do from noon to four. So uh, I, I think that is a better format. And we, we've rolled that out. Obviously, we did our first one in Newport Beach last year, uh, aligned with the MLP event we had out there. And now we're, you know, we've done, um, you know, I think we'll, we're going to do hundreds of waterfall events this year. And I just think it's a, it's a, it's a more fun structure for, for people. It allows them to know, know and control their day and know that they're going to have the chance to play four matches in four hours. So that's the kind of things where my experience in playing in tournaments was like, yeah, this, I think as, as, as much fun as I am, if I'm having, I know the organizers doing their best. I think if we can think a little bit about a structure, we can make it even more fun and, and, and a better way to live a better way for people to integrate a pickleball tournament into their life. Yeah. When like nine times out of 10, most people, when you give them an option of round robin or double elimination, most people are going to say round robin, which doesn't always equate to the four that you're mentioning, but it's something closer to that yeah. end. Um, yeah. What was your biggest hesitation so far with MLP? Yeah. Obviously, you know, last year was an interesting year. We had, you know, you know, rival rival leagues and players signing contracts and all kinds of all, all you know all kinds of interesting challenges and uh, yeah I just tried to remain focused on what what can we do at MLP to make this sport more fun how uh, can we make it uh, more interesting I think yeah our our team format is is interesting I think the fact that we have a draft means that the teams are are generally designed to be very very close and very competitive our matches are unpredictable. Um, and you know, we try to keep focus on what do we do that's fun and joyful. As long as we keep we keep our, our eye on that ball, I thought we we're going to be okay. And you know, I think we we emerged from a a year full of interesting challenges. I, I think we we had, a, we had a very successful year. Our our owners are happy. We brought in new owners. Um, I think the the fact that we've been successful in bringing in you know, obviously notable people into the sport has been not only good for MLP but incredibly good for the sport. Where more people are now trying, wanting to get a paddle and get up there and try this, and it almost it generally only takes once. If you try this sport once, you know, most people are in. So uh, that was our goal this year, and I think we 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 uh, we delivered on that well. It was a good year. How do you measure success? Like you've mentioned, uh, making the owners happy. Of course, that's definitely important. I mean, they are certainly a crucial element to making this work, but also 
giving people more play time. Um, My biggest metric I look at is how how many people are playing this sport. If we grow the number of people playing this sport, uh, then I think everything else business-wise will take care of itself. <laughs> if, uh, I believe that pickleball might already be the most played sport in America. We can have a wonderfully spirited debate about whether that's true or not. <laughs> uh, uh, if it isn't, I think it will be soon. So I, I think someday that debate will, uh, will conclude that pickleball is the most played sport in America. If that's true, uh, MLP and Duper will be successful businesses. Uh, and so we think every day, what can we do to make the pickleball experience yeah, more fun, more joyful? How can we reach new eyeballs with it? How can we hit new audiences with it? How can we make sure that pickleball is available in every community in America? Uh, how can we bring it to yeah, every city, every small town? Yeah, how can we do that? That's that's what I measure success as. When we get more people that own that that are that have a paddle in their hands having fun, everything else will take care of itself. Absolutely. And you mentioned a very common word that I've heard through many of the interviews is community. Um, I don't know how many other sports where that's like synonymous with the name of the hobby or sport, whatever you want to call it. So I think it's, it's great to have something so strong, strongly rooted uh, in the sport. What would you say keeps the sport back? We don't have enough courts. We simply just do not have enough courts. Uh, I think the stat is that you know, courts grew by something like 20% last year, and that's great. Uh, we we got to keep that rolling. In fact, we need to accelerate that. I think the only thing stopping pickleball from uh, from growing even faster is a- access to courts. And uh, you know, we need businesses and uh, you know, entrepreneurs to open more facilities, and that's happening. But we also need help from state, local, and the federal government. Uh, yeah, this is a no-brainer to help America get moving again, get outside of their, you know, get off their computer screens and actually meet other human beings. Uh, I, I think this is a, yeah, for, for our politicians, we need to let them know. Uh, yeah, I, we need to come up with a, a panel that says I vote and we need to bring that to events and we need to go to city council meetings with our pickleball paddles. Uh, we, we need to let people know that this is something that we care about, that we think it makes America better and stronger it brings people together who might, you know, yeah, it might be red and blue on every other issue, but when it comes to pickleball, they 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 let that go. Uh, yeah, I I said the line at an interview earlier this year that pickleball will save America. Yeah, I think that at times this country it feels like it needs a little bit of saving because we're we're not always so happy with each other these days. And gosh, you know, our our, our political leaders we're spending lots of money on a lot of ideas. Yeah, a few billion dollars for some pickleball courts <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. I think that's a good idea. And I, I think we need as a sport uh, to to make that case to our political leaders and uh, you know, watch this space. I think we're going to help try to organize some efforts around that. And that will that will be the biggest thing we can do. If we can build more courts across America, if we can make sure that we're doing this in every you know, high school and middle school and elementary school gym, we're bringing it to the kids. Yeah, we're Duper's investing a lot in college pickleball this year, and we're super excited about what we're doing there. These are the things we need to do to keep growing this sport is build more courts and, and build more of the infrastructure for, for people to have a fun time playing. For any of the listeners, what can people do to 
help facilitate that? Like when you mentioned speaking to like state, local and federal government, is there something that people can do? Well, we're, I'm hoping to get organized in the near future. Uh, basically, uh, yeah, a lobbying effort slash political action community around, around pickleball. Uh, I want to call it pickle pack. <laughs> Cause I just think it's, I, I love the name. It makes me, it makes me chuckle every time. Uh, I think we need, we need an effort to let our voice be heard. And, and if we had a, a website and some resources for saying, here's how you can let your, 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 your Senator or your Congressman or your state and local representatives, here's how you can let them know that you care about this. Uh, I think if we help get people organized, uh, uh, I think, I think the voices will be heard. And I think we just gotta, you know, I think we gotta lead the pickleball community down that path a little bit. And I would love help. By the way, if there's any listener out there that's good at this, at building that website and building a community around this and wants to help on this, uh, reach out, reach out to me, reach out to MLP. Um, I think we want to be a part of this effort. We'd love other organizations in, in pickleball to be part of this effort too. It's not just us. We'd love APP, PPA, USA Pickleball, yeah, we'd love everybody to help put this effort together. We're, we're, this isn't exclusive to us. I think everyone benefits if we can get you know, a friendly ear uh, in Washington and in the, in the state and local governments as well. So if there's listeners out there who are thoughtful and good about this, uh, please uh, you know, reach out. I'd love, to, I'd love to talk. What do you think is like key to collaboration as a founder? You know, with MLP, there's like in the past year, there's obviously a lot of d- developments between different organizations. Yep. What do you think helps make facilitate that collaboration and making like a mutually beneficial agreement between uh, parties? I think always keeping the, keeping the eye on the focus of how do we get more people playing this sport? If we all, if everybody in this sport could keep their eye on that ball and say, what can we do today, either individually or collectively to make sure that we're doing that, 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 that that's happening. Uh, that makes the conversation easier. It, it gives a, a focal point to any conversation. And uh, that's what I always try to bring it back to is, is, is the efforts we're doing today, MLP individually, is the efforts we're doing with others, are we, are we delivering on that goal or not? If the answer is yes, then I feel like we're, we're moving in the right direction. And, if, and if, uh, obviously I hope, I hope the never, the answer is, is no. I hope everything we're doing is advancing that agenda. <laughs> yeah, totally. You mentioned college, bringing yeah. MLP or, or Duper to college pickleball. Um, George Berrigan from the Pickler had also mentioned that they were hosting the largest high school tournament in April. What do you see is the impact of catering to those demographics? Yeah. First of all, I think college pickleball is uh, – it is going to be amazingly fun to watch. We had our we had our college national championship last year. Our our stream numbers were fantastic, and people that lo- that watched it really really loved it. Um, yeah, I, I'd say that you know, if we had a you know, Texas versus Oklahoma pickleball match, people are going to watch that. You know, Ohio State versus Michigan, they're they're going to watch it. Auburn versus Alabama, I think we need to that these these obviously these schools have huge brands and huge loyalties. If we can bring that that joy and excitement to this and, and, and for the colleges themselves, this is a pretty easy, this is a pretty easy one. Yeah. It, typically you can, you can restripe a tennis court. You literally, the investment that the universities need to make in this is, is, is minimal and it's a co-ed sport. 
it's the it would be the first the first NCAA sport where you have men and women competing co-ed in a team. I think that's a really fun storyline. I think we showed at the first college national championship how exciting and interesting it can be. And I think we're, you know, we're, we're it's still early days there, but really, really excited about that. And then if we can get pickleball to be an organized college sport, if we can start to have scholarships for, for people in pickleball, uh, that will that will mean high school pickleball will come and junior high and camps and out the whole infrastructure that comes when, when that's a possibility as a way to you know, earn a, a college to college, a college degree that will all follow in the wake of that. And so that's why I think it's an incredibly important mission for us this year is to bring, to bring that excitement to college pickleball. 12, we have 12 regional and a national 12 regional championships and a national championship uh, in the duper series this year. And, I can't, I can't tell you how excited I am about that. I think that's a really important thing for us this year. Yeah. So that's already like cemented is the 12 regional, 12 national. Yeah. 12, 12 regional championships leading to the, our national championship, which I believe is in November. I should know the date off the top of my head, but I don't remember right this second. <laughs> you can, uh, I think it's all up on our website on the Duper College website. Yeah. Awesome. That's, yeah, really looking forward to that. So with many businesses and founders, something that can be seen maybe as uh, like a dilemma or it, it could be seen as something that's very positive is like focus. So MLP, Duper, everything that you've kind of touched has grown significantly. And now you're introducing the college aspect. Yeah. How do you manage this growth? Well, we have we have amazing teams. You know, the MLP and Duper teams are are amazing. They're all passionate. Uh, I, I say that you know, we have we have a group of employees that would run through a wall to uh, to win and to and to succeed. Um, yeah, it's it's an amazing um, amazing group of people working on this uh, who are you know, really doing their best every time to to help you know, bring this sport to more people, bring it to more joyfully to more people, and. That that's how you do it. Yeah, as a as a founder, I yeah, you you think about you know, big ideas, and then you think, how can we find the most amazing people we can to to help make these happen? And uh, the team the teams that we built have been uh, you know unbelievable, unbelievably successful. Yeah, what is that experience like as a founder of building out your team? What what do you personally find is like very important for maybe it's your brand or MLP's like brand. And also like, what have you learned when you've worked at Citadel, when you've founded companies and you've been on the board of uh, some other companies? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting at a, at a young company, at a startup, yeah, everything changes very fast and uh, you have to have people in, a, in an organization that can roll with the punches. <laughs> Obviously we, uh, we had, we had, different you know, friends and partners last year. And we, we started off the year with eight owners and ended with 24. If, if you don't have people that can roll with, roll with the punches and, <laughs> and move. Yeah. When, when the, when the boat shifts, you gotta, you gotta shift your weight. And that happens, that happens so fast in every startup. Uh, and it feels like of all startup companies I've been involved with, I've no, I don't know that I've ever seen a pace of change in any sport or any company like we saw in pickleball last year. Uh, my, my line is that pickleball lives in dog years. 
a year in pickleball time is like seven years of, of normal, normal, normal world time. Uh, and that means you just have to have people that work hard, are flexible, can make you know one decision one month and then realize, hey, you know what? Maybe that wasn't the best decision and, and, and reverse course. And you have to be able to do that. And that's, uh, you know, and I think we have, we built an amazing team capable of doing that. Yeah. Teams can certainly be created upon skill sets, talents, and, you know, like harder soft skills. What, when you were creating MLP and Duper um, and even Dreamland, yeah. what, how are you building community within these teams? Like, what do you think was like a core, uh, could be like a mission statement or a principle for the team? It, yeah. How, how aligned are you with the idea of how can we make this more joyful today? Like, how can we make this more fun today? As long as if we answer that question, yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're at least starting to ask, we're asking the right question. And so, yeah, and I look for you, you know, look at, you know, you know Brooks Wiley has been with, this journey basically from day one, both a duper and, and MLP. And yeah, he loves, he loves playing. He's a good player. Uh, and we're always you know, talking and debating. And when there's a, there's a fun point in, in pickleball, and by the way, we, we both watch an absurd amount of pickleball, <laughs> not just MLP. We watch everything. And you know, we're always talking about it. He obviously has you know, a shared sense of sense of joy. And that's, that's the most important thing is you, you want somebody who's worked hard, who's passionate, but also just loves it themselves because you know that they, they get it. Did this idea of making things more joyful, turning into games, did, was there a point when you were maybe doing something for the wrong reason and how that may have turned into a lesson that led you to making things more joyful? Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah. As all people do, I have my <laughs> my good and bad days, and my days where I don't live up perfectly to who I want to be. And yeah, I yeah, so yes, that that definitely happens. Uh, the good news is, again, I've been able to surround myself with you know people people like Brooks, people like Ann Worcester, people other people in the organization who, when that's happened, they've helped pick me back up and help me get refocused again. Yeah. It is, it is not easy to be a startup founder or be part of a startup team. It is really not a, not an easy thing. And the, and that, that's not just true for me, but the, but the entire you know, team at MLP and Duper, wow, it has been a, a really, really challenging year. It's been a successful year, but it's been hard. And sometimes you got to be the one that, that's picking other people up. And sometimes you got to be the one that's willing to let other people pick you up. And that's, that's a huge part of this as well. And so on, on the days when I haven't been my best and I haven't been as clear-minded about you know, keeping to the goal, I've been, I've been lucky to be surrounded by people who help, help steer me back. Yeah, it's, you're only as strong as the weakest link, right? Yeah. Um, you've talked about how this year was successful, but it also had, you know, had, had some down points as well. What did you not anticipate from the past year? Uh, I told people going into this year, I, I think I was a crazy pickleball optimist in terms of how fast the sport would grow, uh, how uh, you know, what, what things would change. 
And yet, <laughs> I still underestimated how fast pickleball would change in a year. Like, I, I thought I was I, the craziest. I, I was viewed as the craziest person in terms of being a pickleball optimist. And I still think I got it wrong. I got it wrong too low, uh, which is uh, which is surprising to me. Um, and uh, <laughs> that that I did not see coming. Uh, it's it's funny. I had a the first person who said I was actually too low was uh, uh, the, the CEO of Lifetime Fitness, Barama Krati, who uh, I told him you know, 40 by 30 was kind of our motto, 40 million players by 2030. And he said that that's, uh, see, that's going to happen way before 2030. And I think I think he was right. I think Barama was right. Um, I, and so he was the first person who said I wasn't optimistic enough. Uh, and I, and I, 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 I tip my hat to him on that because he was, I think uh, his he was, he had the he had wisdom on that. What are we at now? Like eight million? Yeah, it's it's hard to say. Yeah, you get all these crazy numbers. I obviously we live in a pickleball bubble, so it's 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 <laughs> it's so it's hard for us to judge. But I just can't believe you know there was some study today like like more people play cornhole than pickleball. I'm like, uh, well maybe. I mean, maybe that's true. Yeah. But I do think here's one thing I say is I know people who were in softball leagues and now don't play softball. I know people who were in bowling leagues and now don't bowl. I don't know the person who got addicted to pickleball who still doesn't play pickleball. So every time we get someone, we kind of got them for life. So I think in the long run, that means we're going to, we're going to be number one. (laughs) Yeah. I have, a ton of friends like that. I mean, even myself, I mean, there's definitely a lot of friends who like after one year we were, we started off at like three, five, and then we got to four Oh, and then some people got to like four five and they got really good. And then they got maybe burnt out or they just weren't as like, uh, compelled by it anymore. And then they were like, Oh, you know, I'm done. And then you see them on the court, like two weeks later. Uh, it's funny that it has that kind of a hook on people, but going to, you know, we've spoken about MLP. We've talked about Duper. Where, what are your thoughts on where Dreamland is now? Yeah. So, yeah, Dreamland is uh, was a, a very ambitious project. It's the what we're doing is uh, the, the tagline of Dreamland is a is the it's a celebration of the American dream. And I say that the brand of the American dream is one of the most powerful brands in human history, because even people that didn't speak English at times have been willing to risk their life to be a part of that brand. And uh, I want to celebrate that. Uh, and I want to, yeah, we have a giant U.S. flag. Uh, we talk about that you know, we try to do things that bring Americans together and, and, and reduce separation. Pickleball, red and blue are on the same court. Nobody cares. Mini golf, nobody cares. Everybody's asking you about politics when you're playing mini golf. Uh, we have live music. Uh, we have sports on the TV. These are the things that kind of, remind us of things that, that that bring us together and that's the goal of dreamland is to is to remind everybody what what an amazing country this is what a unique story we have and, and to celebrate that and uh it's been uh, it's it's been an amazing journey and we're uh we we uh, we took a couple months off because it's the bad weather months in austin but we're about to reopen on march 1st and we have some new ideas of we're, we're going to make it even more joyful at dreamland so I hope uh, more people will come out there and, and see what we're doing. 
Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I'm a resident of Austin. We went out to Dreamland when it was first just those initial like four courts. And it definitely had us have that cohesive, uh, joyful vibe and experience, if you will. Like I've come there during the winter, not even to just play, but when y'all had like the skating rink. Um, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're, always, we're always trying to do, try new things and make sure that, that they're fun. And yeah, my... My, my, I tell the team that uh, if everything we do works, we're not doing enough things. <laughs> we should be always trying, trying new ideas and see if they, if they, if they fail. I love, I love a, a well-spirited failure. I love it. I do. Uh, I, I, I don't. I take, I take joy in a good-spirited failure. So not everything we do in MLP is going to work. Not everything we do at Duper is going to work. Not everything we do at Dreamland is going to work. But we're going to keep trying. And we're going to keep a positive spirit uh, with, uh, with an eye on, eye on that. And uh, that to me, uh, failure is just the next step on the way to figuring out something else that does work. Yeah. Uh, for any of the listeners that are founders, I think it's a very important lesson. And you've mentioned that in a previous interview. You're like, not all of my ideas are great, but they are worth trying. So like on that subject, can you talk about an idea that failed and the lesson that you took from it? Uh, yeah, uh, I've had a lot of ideas that failed. <laughs> that list is, uh, that list is, uh, yeah, I, I'm a, both a startup founder and also a startup investor. And probably most startups you invest in, you end up in a zero. That's, that is by far the most likely outcome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, it's the, 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 the occasional, a big win and the occasional boost of adrenaline you get from that keeps you coming back. And it's also just, it's interesting. It's fun to invest in, in startup companies. And yeah, I invested in a dating app here, uh, here in Austin called the round. If you're in Austin the last three or four years, you might remember it. Uh, yeah. Super charismatic founder. Uh, it was a great idea. Ended up not working, <laughs> but it wasn't, for lack of effort of the founder. And it wasn't because he lacked joy or, uh, and that's okay. Yeah. That was a, an investment that probably yeah, won't end up going in the investment hall of fame, but I don't, I don't regret it. Uh, he's still a friend by the way. Yeah. It's the fact that I invested money in this company and it turned out to be a zero. Didn't, I didn't, I didn't view that as a negative for him as a human being, because I don't think he, I think he put in the real effort and I think he tried to, to make it work. And I don't think he mistreated, either employees or investors. And yeah, that that's okay. It happens. Yeah. I mean, that's not easy to separate, uh, like financials and relationships. So I think that definitely speaks a lot. Um, well, I have invested in companies where I don't think the CEO or the founder has, has acted always you know, with the highest of, of ethics or the, the highest standards. And then I'm, then I don't like it that you know, there are, there are, there are times when that, when that is true. And, uh, that's disappointing. Uh, it, it's definitely, it definitely goes with the territory to some extent. It's, it's always going to happen some. Uh, but if, I, if a person you know, takes investor money and really puts in a, a good effort in a thoughtful way and it doesn't work for whatever reason, I, I don't have a problem with that. That's okay. That's, what, that's life. Yeah. There's a lot of people that have a lot of ideas, a lot of ideas that they want to pursue. What, at, from like an investor standpoint, what do you look for from a founder that kind of like sells you on their idea and makes you want to 
uh, invest yeah. in it. Well, first of all, is it a good idea? <laughs> most, most ideas well, are not. What's, like, a, what's a good idea? <laughs> a lot of ideas are just like, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's the first test is like the best test is when, when somebody presents an idea to me, I'm like, I wish I'd have thought of that. Like, oh my gosh, that's, I don't know why I didn't see that. When I have one of those moments, I'm immediately intrigued. And then the next question is, yeah, is this a person that I think has the energy, the enthusiasm and the character to make it work? And that's, that's, that's basically it. And I probably do less due diligence than most investors. If you like, I, I, yeah, I probably roll the dice. Yeah. Probably a little bit, a little bit earlier and faster than some other people would. Um, if it passes those tests, is it a, is it a, a truly great idea? Like an idea of like, gosh, I'd have thought, I wish I'd have thought of that. Uh, does the person have the enthusiasm, the energy, passion, and the character to, to see it through? If, if that's all passes my, my smell test, then yeah, I could, I could be in and I could be in pretty quick if it passes those tests. If someone has an idea and they think that it passes all those tests, where can, <laughs> where can they reach you at? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, my yeah. You, you can be, you can find me, Steve at Dreamland.us. Yeah, Dreamland.us is my you know. That's, they, hit me up. Uh, by the way, I I do hear about I don't know how many pitches a day uh, for ideas. Really? Stay around pick, pickleball, uh, and yeah, you know, some of them are good. Some of them, yeah, yeah, not not as good. <laughs> to, to put it kindly. <laughs> yeah. Um. What is your current role with MLP? I'm the chairman of the board. Of, uh, MLP and Duper are, are merged in our one company, and I'm the chairman of the board of that company. Uh, I think in some ways my most important role is to continue to think you know, three to five years in the future. Um, I think uh, I'm always trying to say, what, what can we do? What can we start working on now that's going to lead to the pickleballs? Like, we should be investing in, you know, again, having a, a lobbying effort in D.C. That's not going to immediately benefit the bottom line uh, of MOP and Duper. It's not going to immediately impact how, how many people are playing pickleball. But will it matter in three to five years? Yeah. Uh, even a relatively small investment there uh, could, could, invest, could result in you know, a massive amount of more pickleball courts for people. So I think my, my main role as chairman of the board is to, is to think longer term, think how can we invest things now that will deliver big returns for MLP and for the sport over you know, a three to five year horizon? Like which of those aspects of being a founder do you enjoy and like which ones do you delegate to others? Yeah, I, I love new ideas. I love launching new product lines, new, 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 new things that we could be working on. That's, that's my joy. And then, having a you know, wonderful debate with the other board members and other, other key people at the, at the firm about at the company, about how to, how to make it happen. That's, that's what I love. Uh, uh, yeah, the day to day stuff, some of it I'm okay with, but a lot of it I'd rather somebody else did. <laughs> and, and by the way, there are people who are better at that than me. So uh, that's, that's that's okay, <laughs> but, and so yeah, I, I would say yeah. 
uh, creativity, I'm, I'm good at organization, probably not my comparative advantage. So I could, I could use some help on that. Hey, you know, your weak spots, so that works. <laughs> uh, what were your thoughts on the MLP in Arizona? I thought it was amazing. I think it was our, our best event yet. Um, I think the, the crowds there were loud and excited about what we were doing. The players, the player emotion level, uh, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, at times, it almost got a little bit too emotional. <laughs> it was, it was, it, it, at least it was at, at, on the edge of that. But, but I think that was really exciting. Um, I think our broadcast team did a great job. Uh, what I say to people is, yeah, there's, there's still a debate in the world of whether, whether pickleball is a spectator sport or not. Uh, I, I obviously have, have, have bet a, a large amount of my, both my money and my time and <laughs> my reputation on, on betting that it will be. I think, I think it'll be one of the most watched sports in America soon. I think it'll be top five and then maybe even higher than that soon. Uh, all I would say to anybody who doubts that position is just come, come to an MLP event. Just come one time. Uh, the haters, <laughs> the pickleball haters, <laughs> or the pickleball on TV haters, uh, just come one time. Yeah. If after that you feel the same way, then we'll, uh, I will, uh, I will, uh, we'll move on. We'll, we'll agree to disagree. But if, if you can come to one of our events and not have fun, okay, then, then, uh, then we'll continue to have the debate, but I don't, I think you might change your mind. <laughs> uh, and that's, that's, I'm calling you out Bill Simmons. Yeah, Bill Simmons has been a, a pickleball on TV hater. Uh, Bill, there's a VIP ticket waiting for you for, uh, for Daytona. Come on by. Uh, we'll, we'll treat you well. And uh, if you have the same feeling at the, end of, at the end of the weekend that you did at the beginning, then uh, we'll, we'll continue to disagree. But I think you might, you might change your mind. That's a good offer. VIP ticket. I mean, I even spent VIP at the event in Austin. It was great. Um, yeah. Can't argue with that. Um, as far as that event went, you mentioned like too, possibly like too much emotion. I don't know what you were referring to exactly, but something that did come up was some of like the referee calls. Like, do you see that as just a lot of players, viewers just getting used to pickleball's growth and just like the growth of and, and changes of and development of like tournaments and how they're going to be played? Or do you think that that that's like a component that should be changed? Yeah. I still think some growing pains in, in the sport and how it's, yeah. And how, uh, how we call the lines, all these things are, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're changing how to do that to make it, yeah, to make it more more fair and more interesting, both both more fair and more fun for the viewer as well. Uh, you'll see some changes even at Daytona from what we did at, at Mesa on these things. So I don't want to I don't want to get ahead of our comms team on uh, on that. So but you'll see we're we're I, I think we're going to continue to to make it more professional and more interesting how we how we solve some of these issues. And yeah, look, I think the referees in in general, especially in and in, in Mesa in particular did a, a, a wonderful job, like 99 something percent of the time. There were a couple bad calls, but out of like a whole weekend. Yeah. A couple calls that I think even, even the, you know, uh, you know the, the, the people involved would say, yeah, maybe not, maybe it wasn't the, the best decision, but 
you know, in, in the grand, it, but the thing is the pressure is getting higher on everyone. Yeah. The pressure on the player is higher and the pressure on the referees is higher than it, than it used to be. And look, people are going to make some mistakes. I don't think no one, no one that's doing that job is not doing it with, with a pure heart or is not trying to do their best. So yeah, I, I would challenge anyone to do that job <laughs> better than the team we have doing it. And, uh, they, they, they would be a hard, it would be hard to do that. I think. Yeah. Shout out to the refs. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot more stakes and there's like, or whether it's viewers, the pot is now up to like 5 million. Um, it's definitely huge. Are you a reader? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What's a book that's changed your life? Uh, boy, well, I, I was, I've been talking about one with, with a lot of our team members lately. I don't know if it's the most important book in my life, but the one I've been thinking about the most is a book by a woman named Annie Duke. Uh, Annie's a professional, former professional poker player. I think former, maybe she can still consider herself a professional poker player. If, if so, forgive me, Annie. She wrote a book called Thinking and Bets. Like, how do you make decisions? And talks about the idea of like how to, how to structure decisions in the form of like, you know, basically gambles. Like, how could you think about this? So when we make a, a, a business decision at MLP, say we're going to spend, you know, $200,000 to do this. What's, what are the odds that, that that has a successful payoff? How big is the payoff if it's successful? Yeah, think about it in terms of, is this decision a good or a bad bet? And that's, that's kind of how I frame a lot of a lot of decisions you make, especially at a startup, that's a lot of your decisions have to be framed that way. And I think that book uh, is something that uh, it was a book that I got. Yeah, I first read when I was working at Citadel at the hedge fund, and we used that as a way to better use our collective minds. We had a lot of great minds working on uh, yeah, on trying to solve financial problems and try to make you know, try to find mistakes in markets. But we had to take a group of you know really smart minds and then come to one decision on how to do that and how do you how do you take you know, different views from a, from a team and infuse them together in a way that makes the best decision collectively and I think thinking in bets by Annie Duke is a is an amazing book on how how to do that better. Awesome! I've never heard of that book. I'll definitely check it out. Um, given everything you've done. I can't help but think that you want to leave this place better than how you found it. You've talked about, uh, you've definitely expressed how strongly you feel about making things joyful. Uh, how do you want to be remembered? Oh, well, yeah. Wow. That's a big question. <laughs> uh, someone who always was trying to you know, make the world a little bit more fun, make the world a little bit better for people. Um, uh, yeah, pickleball is the, is my latest journey on this, but I've had other journeys. You mentioned I, you know, I'm a big immigration advocate. I think that's a, a way to incredibly you know, bring more joy to not only the immigrants but bring more joy to America. So I've been I've been a, I've been an advocate for that. Uh, I've been a supporter of clean water projects in Africa. The 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 uh, kind of the economics of that are stunning. For thirty thousand dollars, you can build a well that will that will help a thousand people have clean water for thirty years. So it's kind of a, you know, a dollar a year per person, uh, and I've and I've been a supporter of, of of projects to do that through through an organization called Charity Water, which I I would encourage anyone who cares about that issue to you know, look into what Charity Water does and how amazing it is. Yeah, I hope that uh, 
that the, those things will uh, will be remembered. And I, you know, I also hope that you know, people remember me for having a, a sense of joy and smiling and having fun and and always trying to bring that 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 uh, that that feeling to any project I work on. So, I guess I guess that's how I would like to be remembered. Yeah. And is there anything that I haven't mentioned or asked you about that you want to talk about? Uh, probably. Yeah, it's a good question, but probably not yet. I'm working on some big ideas that kind of I want to bring out to the world in pickleball, uh, but I'm I'm still chewing on exactly how to how to bring them out. So, but what I would tell the world is watch this space. I'm not I'm not done yet. <laughs> There's more ideas to come. Uh, and again, not all of them are going to be right. I promise you that. Some of them are going to not work, but I don't think any of them are boring. <laughs> I don't think when people hear these ideas, they'll say, Steve, that's a really boring idea. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that'll be anybody's reaction. <laughs> yeah. If there's anything I learned, it is that you're not going to be throwing out any boring ideas. Um, <laughs> I did see in one of the interviews, it was in the comments, someone talking about, obviously when there's something with that's gaining a lot of traction and that's been around, you have those two separate people, right? There's the people who uh, want things the way they've been, and then they're not willing to necessarily accept what it could be. How do you, how does that come into play into like all these ideas that you uh, are coming up with? Yeah. Well, I, I'm probably not the biggest believer in tradition. I, 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 I question I question tradition all the time, and uh, and I think you know. Hopefully, that's not viewed as an insult to anyone who came before, or and I don't mean it with a lack of un, with a lack of gratefulness. I, I I certainly do not intend that for the be the message that yeah, the people who have done it before are are you know anything less than yeah. You know, I, I don't I don't want to give that feeling. That's not the feeling I. But I I do like. I like to change things. Like uh, there's the, I think it was the Kennedy quote. Some people see things as they are and ask why. Some people see things that, that have never been and ask why not. I, I kind of like that quote. I, I always want to say, well, why, why are we doing it this way? Is this the best way to do it? And I think that's a question, even though pickleball has been around since 1965. Yeah. It's still in, in many ways a, a new sport at, for most people. Most people playing pickleball have not played for more than a, a couple of years, yeah. And I think it's it you know, the average length of time of people playing pickleball is is new. And I think we should be still be willing to experiment and try new things. It doesn't mean everything's going to be work going to work, or everything's going to be an improvement. There will be things that we try that won't be an improvement, but we should try it anyway. And you know, worst case is, yeah, we we go back we go back to what you know what has helped us build the sport, but. Best case is we do something even that, that makes it even more fun. Why, why not give it a shot? Yeah, absolutely. And what advice would you have for someone who wants to start a business in pickleball? First of all, great idea. Uh, I think pickleball continues to be incredibly undervalued as a sport. Uh, I, I think as, 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 as many wins as pickleball has – in the last year, the last couple of years, uh, the skeptics are still out there. And I think they're just wrong. I, I don't think, I, I think they don't see it yet. Um, and I think, first of all, you're going to start off 
as any investor in the pickleball business, I think you're going to start with the wind at your back because I think the industry is 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 undervalued. So first of all, good choice of good choice of business to or, or sport to invest in. And then second of all, like what 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 is lacking? What what about the pickleball experience uh, could could be better? And how can you help solve it? Think think about think about that question. Um, yeah, and if you. I think you've chosen a great sport to invest in. Now, if you can come up with something that makes the sport better for people, uh, I like your chances. And uh, I do plan to, you know, MLP and Steve, and I know a lot of people who want to invest in this sport. There's no shortage of people who want to invest in good pickleball ideas right now. So if they're out there, you know, and Steve at dreamlab.us, I'm, I'm always listening. Uh, so uh, that's what I would say is you know, good choice of sport. Let's, let's find, find an idea that solves a problem. And tell me what it is. Yeah. Um, one actually just came off the top of my head, and it's a pickleball reality TV show. Well, there, there are people who are thinking about that. You're not that, that would not be the only person. I think that's a great idea. Uh, I think the person who gets there first and executes it best, I think that will be a win for sure. I, I, I think it's a fantastic idea. Cool. I'll see if I can get an investment from Bill Simmons. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Uh, where can people for, find out more about you? I, you know, they can find out about like MLP, Dreamland, and Dupers, or somewhere where they can find out more about uh, some of your updates. Uh, good question. Uh, I haven't been that focused on kind of doing my kind of individual story, but yeah, maybe, maybe I'll do a little bit more of that this year. We'll see. Uh, yeah, watch watch this space. Maybe I'll. Uh, I'll do a little bit more. I do want to get on more podcasts this year. Uh, I'm excited yeah. about that. I want to talk about, I want to talk about some of these pickable ideas, like the ones I guess, like I said, are, that are forming, that I'm not quite ready to go out with yet. You know, when, when that's true, I want to get out in the world. And I, and I love a, a well spirit, a, a good spirited debate. I love it. I, I'm never offended. Uh, as long as we both come to it. Yeah with a sense of you know, kindness and joy and fairness. I, I don't mind if people disagree with me. I just like, I just want to, let's, 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 let's keep it at a, at a friendly level. Let's try not to, yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not worth yelling at someone over traditional versus rally scoring. It's, you know, it's, that's just not something you should hate somebody over. That's a, it's not worth, it's not worth hate. <laughs> you can say I'm wrong. You can say it's, you have a different point of view and we can have a good debate about it. And hopefully we're laughing at the end of it. So I would, in that spirit, I love a good debate. <laughs> yeah, we'll throw out the agree to disagree card. Um, <laughs> hey, that's not a bad idea. Maybe we can host a pickleball roundtable and get some different uh, views and opinions from different sides of the sport. And at the end of the day, I'm sure it would facilitate a lot of different ideas that we otherwise wouldn't think of. Um, that would be super fun. And I, I think... If we chose some really, we could choose some really spicy topics. It would be, I think it'd be really fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. Everyone's wow. got to come in, hopefully come in with, uh, with again, with, with a positive, not a, we, we don't need a lot of anger. Like we need less anger in the world. So if we can do that without it getting angry, I'm all, I'm all in. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've reached, we're coming up on the hour. So just want to give you a chance to plug away. Uh, so excited about you know, MLP this year. 
incredibly excited about what we're doing at Duper this year uh, with college pickleball, with minor league pickleball, which we didn't talk about. It's a chance for amateurs to play in the team format that we play at and major league pickleball at all levels of play. You can be a 3-0 player and you can be all the way to Ben Johns and now play in this really fun format. Uh, I think that's going to be uh, an incredible experience for players in that this year. Um, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're not done trying new things at MLP and Duper and uh, you know, give, give us a shot. And it, when we do something right, you know, say, you know, let us know. When we do something wrong, let us know. Uh, yeah, I, I always, my, 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 always, my motto is never perfect, always improving. Uh, we're, we're, our companies are never perfect. We're, we're never doing everything right. And when you have criticism of us, you're probably, you're often, you know, you're, you're right. I mean, I'm not, your criticisms are, are often fair and hopefully we're smart enough and able enough to listen to those and then try to fix it. And so if you will, uh, yeah, again, try, try to keep the criticisms on a, Hey, could you do this better? Instead of like, I hate you forever. But that, that's, that's, a, that's a, cause I, I promise you, uh, we're going to listen to both and we're going to try and uh, try and fix both. And our, our, both of our lives will be more, more fun with the kind of the, the more positive approach. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, that definitely speaks to uh, something I heard recently from the Coinbase founder, which he said the two main focuses when you're founding a business is listen to, listen to your customers and just keep improving the product. Um, Always. Yeah. So the, MLP in Daytona Beach is March 23rd to March 26th. And yep. where can they tune in on that? Uh, obviously on our, on our YouTube channel of our MLP. Um, and watch this space in terms of our broadcast partner. We're still, we're still figuring that out that, but you know, our, uh, we had great numbers at, at Mesa. Our, our YouTube number, we, we had partners with the tennis channel at that event. Great numbers on the tennis channel. Uh, our, our stream numbers we're five X what our events were last year. Um, we're, we're definitely, we're definitely moving in the right direction. Yeah. That's fantastic to hear. Awesome. Well, Steve, thanks again for your time and giving the opportunity for listeners to listen to some of your trials, uh, and live vicariously through you. Um, and, uh, at the end of the day, just try to make things more joyful. That's it. All right. Thank you. Yeah, this, was, this was fun. Thank you for the chance to talk about some, things I don't often talk about. So I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely.